Welcome down to this week's episode of Paddy Talks Golf. As ever, it's presented by SeedGolf.com. Also, big supporters of mine, and I'm big supporters of theirs, the show is sponsored by Drood's Golf. And this week, I believe it's tomorrow, is a big lockdown sale. So if you haven't stocked up already for when golf, it will be back, hopefully in March. Uh, now is your chance. So sign up and get your code, and it'll be issued to you before 9 a.m. in the morning. So yeah, this week's show was recorded a couple of weeks ago with a man I've been chasing down hard with with about a year. Um, such is his diary and is so busy coaching, coaching, coaching and high performing, high performing, high performing. It was fantastic to, to get inside the head of this man and how he approaches the game and how he, how he approaches the development of the future generations of God. This week, we're chatting to Chris Gallagher of the Johnny Foster God Academy of North. Roll it there, Roisin. Come here, listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Where's well, Joe Bradley? What did he get at? Welcome to this week's episode. We have Chris Gallagher, performance coach in Johnny Foster Golf, PJ Pro himself, and GUI Ultra Branch coach. Chris, how's the farm? Yeah, I'm good, Paddy. Thanks for having me on. No problem at all. Thanks for, thanks for taking the time to, to speak to little old me. Um, Chris, what's the crack up, up north at the moment? This will go out during lockdown, so we're back into kind of previous conversations that the, the podcast would have been through in kind of last September, October time. What's the what's the vibe like up there? How are you keeping yourself busy in your trade? Yeah, good. Luckily enough, um, I'm still doing a lot of online coaching, which is good. But yeah, so as of Boxing Day, it was, I think every, everyone got locked up and the the deal was six weeks, I think. So it's due golf. Well, supposedly anyway, it's due to come back start of February. But it's not looking like by the looks of things, it's it doesn't seem to be getting any better. So, but yeah, I, myself, I've just been uh, trying to keep in touch and keep going on the plans really with as much as many students as I can. You know, keeping that a lot of them are so fortunate where they've got such good setups at home do you know what I mean some of the nets and potting greens and all sorts at home so it's been quite good that way using zoom and facetime and stuff just keeping in touch with them and keeping them going on the plan which keeps everyone busy which is good no definitely so I'll, I'll dig into that for a second before we dig into you mm-hmm. seeing, seeing as you mentioned this because there's something I have never done myself but given the remote world we are now living it's something people are probably looking towards you know like <laughs> I split my time between the west of Ireland and the east of Ireland. My coach is in Maynooth. Yeah. So we're doing a little bit on WhatsApp, nothing really, nothing nothing structured. But you you strike me as a man who's incredibly structured. So, <laughs> so how would I go about getting in touch with you for an online lesson? And just how does it work? So any of the, so mo- well, the vast majority of the online lessons that I do at the minute through this time, are with pre-existing students. So it's not like I'm meeting them for the first time through FaceTime or through Zoom. I, I, they're already on a pretty structured plan, which they know where they're headed and they know week to week their little processes, what they need to follow. It's different for everyone. So for them, 
the, most of them who I work with is what they're doing basically is I'm sending them a plan every single week that is aligned with the process and the plan that they're already that we marked out together in like September time at the end of the season. So just keeping them on the plan, they know what to do in their practice. It's very it's different for everyone, given their ages and given what might be available to them at this time. Do you know what I mean? So they've got their practice plan. They'll check in with me once a week, whether it be FaceTime, whether it be Zoom. Some of them just send me a video and I send the video back. But I like to keep it. I'm not a massive fan of, I'm not a big fan at all, actually, of just swing analysis online, if that makes sense. Do you know oh, what I mean? Does, like, it does. So an online lesson in the way that someone would just send, send you your golf swing and you send an analysis back with, if you don't know that person, it's, I'm okay doing that for someone who I already teach because then there's the whole context in the background that you know. But say, for example, yourself, Paddy, who I don't know your golf and I don't know you as a person. So if you were to send me your golf swing now and say, right, come in on my lesson, I, for me, that's not coaching. That's just me giving you an opinion on what your golf swing looks like on a camera. And I could give you advice on, yeah, we could get your golf, we could get your club face a little bit more open at the top or more close at the top, whatever it happens to be, which might make your golf swing look better. But there's no context on, for me anyway yet, on how that's going to make you score because I've never seen you play on the golf course. I don't know your background. I don't know you as a person, how you see the world. So it's not like I like, if on online coaching for me is as close to the coaching that I offer in person, as much, I'm trying to do as much of that as I can online. Do you know what I mean? So I'm communicating with them online. I'm speaking to them on the phone and, it's a proper coaching service rather than swing analysis, if that, if that makes sense. No, I do. It's kind of like a supplementary to to, to in person. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So so I totally get you. I totally get you. So so we'll dig into to you a bit then, Chris. So what is your <laughs> earliest earliest memory of golf? Hmm, my earliest memory memory of golf would be it would be just playing at. The club I grew up at, actually, Carnley uh, Golf Club in a place called Bangor, just outside Belfast, um, playing with my friends. Took the golf quite late, so it would have been, what age would it have been then? 13, 14, maybe, for, yeah, 13 or 14, just playing with them. And then, because none of the family played, my mum, my, my dad, and they didn't play, grandparents didn't play, but then me and my brother just started playing with our friends. And then from then, it just took off. So that my earliest memory would just be, going on to the golf course and hacking it around for you holes with them. Yeah. Not deadly. Uh, being from that part of the world, was rugby a big competitor? Did you ever, did you play other sports aside from picking uh, up sticks? I played football. played football. So never played rugby until school where I was forced to play rugby because of the school I was at, do you know what I mean? But I was never into it. Played football. That was always my main sport right up until... 16 probably I was always more into football than I was into anything but then just golf took a hold of me and got addicted basically no, it's very very easy happen I was like yourself no, none of my family play mm-hmm. um, even even extended family don't play really? from a part of the world where there's a big extended family um, 
It was myself, my brother, like yourself. And uh, because I beat my brother more than once, like pretty much every time, he it wasn't fun for him. So he packed it in. So just <laughs> after a year, it was just me. But like that, got in with the right group of people in, in the club. And mm-hmm. yeah, I was there. It was like the, the the cheapest crash you can you can buy these days is is golf membership. Yeah, exactly. That uh, was it. There was loads of us at the golf club every single day. That's a dream for the parents, isn't it? Sure is. I've been dropped at seven a.m. Go caddying and pick me up when it gets dark, man. Thanks. Um, yeah, self sufficient and all. Um, mm-hmm. Caddy money to pay for the breakfast roll. But <laughs> um, so. Where was the compelling event or was there a particular moment when you said, oh, I'm going all in on this golf stuff. It's not just hacking anymore. I'm going all in. This is, it's a career for me now. So when did it, when did I start thinking about actually making it a career? Um, It would have been probably about, I would have, when I was about 17, no, 18, probably 17 or 18, just as I was leaving school. I knew what I wanted to do. I got really clear on, I wanted to, I've always been quite, what way would I put it? I've always been quite, I do things my way, do you know what I mean? Like if I, if I get my if I get my head set on or my mind set on something, I'm going to do it. So when I was like 17, 18, I knew that I was really into golf and I, you know, I, I would have just spent all day practicing I'm working hard on it. And then that was when I knew, yeah, this is something I want to do because I just had a passion for it. Simple as that. And I knew I wasn't good enough to play at a high high level, like as in to make a living playing the game. I knew, I always knew pretty much, you know, I was never an outstanding player. You know, I was a good club player and good enough to get into or to go into my PGA. But I thought, right, well, if I can't do that realistically, then I can coach. And I was in, I've always been into the coaching side of things and I've been around people who have helped me that way. So yeah, that's when I went all in on coaching and I knew I wanted to do that. And that's what I set my goal. No, deadly. So you're coaching in, in um, Johnny Foster since 2014. So I'm assuming that's when you got mm-hmm. your, full P, your, your PGA, etc. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suppose if you were to tell yourself that's that's now like seven years ago, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say six, then it's like no, it's twenty twenty one. Um well, we'll all forget about last year. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's six years ago. Has coaching changed between then and now? Maybe your has your approach changed? Do you do anything different now in how you yeah. approach players and programs versus then? Yeah, it's changed massively. I think that for me per just for me personally, it's changed because twenty fourteen like that was me just starting to coach. Do you know what I mean? So you you make so many mistakes. You think, you know, like I I would have always, even before I started coaching, because I knew that's what I wanted to do, I would have spent a lot of time educating myself and getting myself ready for being able to coach when the time when the time arrived, uh, when the time came. So you get to the point at the start where you, you're reading so much and you're getting so much information. All you want to do is you just want to fire that information onto the person who's in the lesson with you. Do you know what I mean? And you, you just tell them far too much. And every single coach has made that mistake. So that's what I would have been like at the start. I would have given people far too much information and, you know, with all good intentions, of course. But for me, over the last six years, yeah, my coaching's changed massively. It's 
I've, for me, I found a specific part of coaching what I'm passionate about, and I know exactly what direction I want to go with coaching. I've got a lot more into the performance slash mental, I don't want to say mental side of it, but trying to give people the skills to help them play and score better and become a better player rather than just swing the golf club better. That's a big, big, big journey I've been on, understanding how do I get this person in front of me to play better golf and enjoy their golf better rather than how can I get them to swing it a little bit better, which there was so much off in coaching and there still is a lot of it, but people, there seems to be a lot more attention now on what's important. Do you know what I mean? What's important to allow you to play better golf? If that makes sense. No, it does, it does. And I suppose I would have spoken to Donald Scott a good bit and I still tic-tac with him almost weekly, whether he likes it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, I, you know, I, he, he posts a very intense stuff around performance. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's an aspect, it's an aspect of life I'm I'm massively interested in. You know, I did nine to five, I'm, I'm in a sales job, which is all around execution and it is yeah. a results-based industry and you need to... If you want to, the juices work the the juices work the squeeze, which is all around if you perform well enough, you know. And mm. there's a lot of transitions across to sport and especially to golf, not only in how business works and how sales works, but how golf works. So you're mm-hmm. you're there's so many parallels, it's crazy. But like golf is not just the technical side. There's a reason. There's a reason you would put money on the likes of Jason Day in the first three months of the year because he's expecting a baby so life is great off yeah. the golf course you know exactly. where, where, where where things just happen and that's more around the performance side the mental side way away from technical side um, mm-hmm. and like and for me outside looking in just from being a massive fan addict to the game and trying to see where can I improve my own it's not like oh Paddy's getting a performance coach but Paddy's reading all the performance books you know <laughs> um, yeah like a good friend of mine, David Clancy, runs um, his own podcast, Sleep Beat Perform Repeat, which is all, all around around that. And one of his questions that I'm going to steal from him now is, Chris Gallagher, what does performance mean to you? Performance means giving, an ex- well, yeah, exploring the best version of you. Simple as that, in my opinion. So exploring how to consistently or as consistently as possible give the best version of yourself whether that be in golf in life without any anything just understanding it's such a long journey understanding what allows you to give the best version of you that's high performance in my opinion yeah Deadly. So something you wrote for the Johnny Foster Golf uh, website, I think it's on, I'm not sure what part of the website it's on, but I have mm-hmm. it in front of me. And it's around the journey to becoming high-performing in golf. Yeah. Because you work with so many um, juniors and you get, I suppose, to show them what performance means. You know, mm-hmm. I played a lot of GAA. I didn't know what performance meant in, in the sports world until my mid to late 20s playing for a football team in Kerry versus playing for a junior um, football and t- or alcohol team with football and problem in Clare. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so can you walk us through, I suppose, that what is it for you? What are you trying to impart on these juniors in their journey to becoming high performer? Can you give us an example of that maybe? 
Yeah, so basically what, I, what I'm trying to do with these kids, I spend so much time, I've spent the majority of my time with, is I'm trying to help them understand and realise that they're all so capable of so much more than what they probably think. Do you know what I mean, if that makes sense? So first of all, trying to give them understanding of, right, well, you're capable of so much, but what do you want? Like trying to get them to understand what they, first of all, and it's, it can be hard for a 12, 13-year-old or 11-year-old to articulate that, but what what do you want to achieve? And then giving them the tools to be able to give themselves the best chance of achieving that, essentially. So helping them set plan, set like a little plan, which again is completely relevant to the, to what age they are but helping them set a plan and getting them to understand that it's what they do day to day, the small little things day to day, and getting them to understand what little processes, what one or two things they need to do every single day to give themselves the best chance of achieving what they want. So it's not like doing one big, big thing like really, really well. It's just doing all, getting them understanding how to do the little things really well and understanding what little things are relevant to them, which helps them achieve whatever their goal is. I know they're, they're like 9, 10, 11, maybe up to, to mid teenage years, but like there's something that it's applicable to all ages, you know, especially if it's something you want to achieve and something small you need to do every day, but it's uh-huh. possibly a new small thing need to do every day yeah so like all old dogs like me it's hard to learn new tricks so if you can t- tell me how you can show a nine or ten year old how to start something mm-hmm. new and small like mm-hmm. i think there's all for us all to learn there so give, give us an, you don't need to mention names or, or whoever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Uh-huh. give us an example of 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 that maybe small goal and like how that child or person was able to start it and succeed by doing yeah that. so for example right okay so i'll just without naming any names i'll Talk, right, give you an example of a kid who, uh, one of the kids I work with, um, 12 years old, and has a goal, focused, like pretty focused kid, do you know what I mean, for, for 12 years old, but has a goal, knows what he wants to achieve, just stuff that all 12, 13 year olds want to achieve in the next year. So what we did, we sat down got really clear i got it's similar to the the blog post that you're talking about there got him to go away and write down give him time to write down in as much detail what his little story what his story looked like so to picture himself achieving this goal in a year's time so it was based on it in a year and he went and wrote down the story of what his life would be like a typical day in his life. So what would he do when he woke up? What would he eat, for example? What would he, you know, how would he practice? What would he, what would he feel like when he went to the, when he went to the golf course? Who would he send, who would he spend time with? Things like that. And I know that's not easy for a really young kid to do, but he managed to do it. And then from there, from then, I got him, I sat down together with him and said, right, what five, pick out five little behaviours, not, I didn't say they'll use the word behaviours to him, but five little things that that person was doing in that story that you could do 
right now. So, for example, it was planning his practice before he before he goes to practice, spending 15 minutes, 10 minutes, writing down in his diary what that practice is actually going to look like. Number two, there was one where we talked about confidence. He talked about believing in himself when he went to tournaments. So we talked about writing a success list. So writing down three things every single day that he could do, that he did well that day, sorry. So, and it doesn't even have to be golf related. It could be that he got a certain score in a test at, in, in school or he tidied his room before he left to go to the golf course after he got home from school. Or it could be that he put in a really good practice session in golf. It could be anything, but that was one. And then, so if he, so there's, there's two examples. So plan your practice and write your success list. Right, let's see if we can do that every single day for the next two weeks. And he did it for the next two weeks, just did that. And that's what I'm talking about there. That's the little process that, so he can see himself just, that's his, that's the only important thing. That's the only thing I'm asking him about. Have you done your success list? Did you plan your practice? Brilliant. How can you make that a little bit better tomorrow? And if he just keeps doing that day in, day out, I'm giving him the praise. He's giving himself the praise because he's doing what he's supposed to do. And he's writing down what he's doing well. So his confidence is growing and he's accomplishing something every single day. So he's seeing himself as more of the person in his little story, which then gives him a better chance of going on. Because as you, you and I know, it's if you can get a kid or any, not a kid, anyone, if you can get them to really see yourself as that person who you're going to be, or you want to be five, 10, whatever years down the line, then you're probably going to get there because you're going to do the actions that align with that. Yeah, it's incredible. And essentially, it's, essentially it's what, what us adults <laughs> and um, what's the other word? Uh, millennials. Uh, yeah. We definitely call it, we, we call it, oh, I'm journaling. I'm journaling today. You know, and I tell yeah. everybody on Instagram that I'm journaling. But, um, <laughs> it's but, but it's incredible. <laughs> it is quite trendy. But, but it's actually surprised. It's 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 constant. Um, it's constant reinforcement, positive reinforcement. So like my son is autism, right? So everything kind of socially he has to learn. So yeah. and it could like it's very simple. It's very funny sometimes actually. Like one day is just like a terrible day. It's like the worst day of the week. And it's not mm -hmm. because it's the first day of school. It just was. I don't because I start with M. I don't know. But it was just like that. I used to ask, I used to call him on a Monday. And we're like, in the Monday evening, say, can we tell me two good things that happened today because it's Monday? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I and then I collect them on a Friday. Tell me three good things from the week. What one good thing happened on Monday? So it was just after three or four weeks. Sure, Monday was a great day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? Exactly. So, so it's it's like it's it's like that. So that constant positive reinforcements and, and mm -hmm. We can draw a parallel to everyone in lockdown now. If you take yeah. of an evening, what one good thing happened today? You mightn't have left the house. You mightn't have gotten out of your pajamas. You know, I'm. It's a story you tell yourself, isn't it? Exactly. You know, how many phantom golf swings did I do in the mirror today? Five. Great. <laughs> you know, um, that, that's. I would say there's people doing a lot more than five. <laughs> <laughs> Slow, focused. Deliberate yeah. repetitions. Five is plenty. You know, break mm -hmm. a sweat with five if you do them like that. Um, it's it's been said on your on your bio and Johnny Foster um, mm -hmm. that you've travelled far and wide, learning from coaches and golfers. So, could you give an example of like something that you 
you're probably using it on different days, but like give us an example of something that you learned that you're like, that is, that's groundbreaking. Or like, I'm definitely going to take that back to the academy. Yeah. Um, well, there's plenty, pl- like those lessons were so frequent at the start. Do you know what I mean? And I was very, very fortunate. And John, I have so much, so much to thank Johnny for, really. And, and that on how much he's helped me right from the beginning. But like right at the start of my coaching journey, Johnny was, he was working a lot on the tour with Michael Hoy and Gareth Mabin when he was playing at the time, three other guys, Kevin Phelan, who was doing really well on the European tour at that point. And I went out to a lot of events with him. And Johnny was real good to me in the fact that, like, you know, I was... I was right up there on the range, on the golf course for these guys at European Tour events. And, and therefore, from there, I got to meet other coaches here out there. You know, your Mike Walkers, your Phil Kenyons, uh, Kevin Duffy, the strength conditioning, one of the best strength conditioning guys in the world. So all of these guys having conversations and, and meeting these guys and speaking to them and learning like at that such at such an early time in my coaching career, you know what I mean? That showed me because I right from the beginning I've always been clear I wanted to work in high performance. I wanted to work with guys who were not only high performers, but were super committed to what guys and girls, sorry, I'm just, not just the same guys, but people who were committed and having conversations with these guys who were working at the pinnacle of the game, really, that really, it showed me very early on what kind of daily habits and stuff I needed to do, I needed to have to be able to work at that level. Um, So those experiences at the beginning were invaluable. Um, Trying to think any other real experience that made me, there's no real light bulb moments, you know what I mean? It's just, I've just constantly, I read a hell of a lot and, I listen to ridiculous amounts of podcasts, you know what I mean? Especially this time now during lockdown, do you know what I mean? So Earn Your Edge, I'd say is up there for you though. Earn Your Edge is good. <laughs> I like it, yeah. Um other ones what I've some I've got a lot from. So people who I've learned from but never met, do you know what I mean? Through like podcasts, like there's a podcast called Finding Mastery by uh like Michael Gervais brilliant absolutely brilliant like he has an online course as well called compete to create which is unbelievable like from a self-awareness and understanding yourself and i think which is massive which has been so important as a coach you know that has taught me a hell of a lot uh the mark bill and 3d academy online again from biomechanics and physiology and stuff that has massively helped me as well from a technical point understanding things from a technical point of view so they're the avenues I've gone down to to learn, and they're the ones that have been particularly helpful. So yeah, not oh, great. I suppose like takeaways for me, if I was because like twenty twenty one for me, like I put up a, a silly post the other day around like I'm like I am focusing in the garage around like fitness and hit sessions and yeah, yeah. dropping a bit of dropping a bit of weight and getting to sound like fighting weight as as they used to say back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, Big focus on mobility, a bit of speed work. Um, there'll be a dent in the wall from that medicine ball eventually. <laughs> um, you know, because like 2020 was lost, but to, to a degree, um, like 2021, 
all going well we'll be there for the taking so like I'm looking to in my words dominate right and it's just that's that's like I use social media as, as kind of my journal right um in terms of, if I put it out there then I kind of have to do it yeah I'm giving myself the the self-talk by by putting up a post I'm gonna I'm gonna dominate I'm gonna I'm, I'm doing x y and z mm-hmm. um so, so I'm focusing on that so like takeaways from speaking to you would be would maybe have my own like private journal for the little wins. Not everybody needs to know about <laughs> the two or three things every day that I think I'm yeah. doing well, you know. And when you come to to making a plan around um, focusing around performance, how would you go about it? So I I miss or compartmentalize when it, when it's work. Work I get paid for, right? I would compartmentalize my day incredibly well. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to I suppose golf, I kind of deal with everything individual basis. So I'll do fitness and I'll increase my speed, but it's mm-hmm. kind of done not in tandem with my golf coach, for example. So yeah. in my opinion, is that, that might, that might be make me having to work more technical wise because they're not in sync. So mm-hmm. if you were to plan some who for someone who is dedicated, but maybe needs a framework around it, how would you go about providing that framework? Yeah, so say I was to meet someone from the first for the first time and they would come to me and they were basically saying, Right, I'm all in. I wanna I really wanna improve my, my performance, as you said, I really wanna improve my scores. So what I would do would be I would sit down, I'd have a chat with them first, have a conversation with them and really get clear on number one, what is it you want to achieve? Like what what motivates you, what gets you going. Is it winning a certain event? Is it playing for Ireland, playing for Ulster, going beyond that? Is it getting down to a certain handicap, whatever it happens to be? So first of all, getting really clear on what your top of the mountain is, essentially. Do you know what I mean? So once we're clear on that, then just get your thoughts, basically, on where where you think you need to improve, what you think you do well. And then... I would put you through some sort of like assessment phase. So I would go out onto the golf course with you, watch you play. And I would just talk and get to know you as a person. I think that's what, that's why I'm not a big believer in like your traditional 30 minute lessons. I was just about to say it. I was just about to say it. I was like, you're not a, it's not a revolving door here. It's not 30 minutes. Okay, your time's like, Come, come and lie down. Oh, time's up. Right. Mm. <laughs> That's not coaching to me. But, but I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that that like the 30 minute lesson is wrong for a certain type of player who maybe works 40 hours a week, has a family, plays once a week on a Saturday. That all in performance program isn't for you. Do you know what I mean? But so going back to your question, I would watch them play. I would have a chat with them, understand, try and understand them more as a person. And then what I would do if hopefully they would have some sort of record of stats. So if they're on a stats program, like I, I like Gameforge. So it's the clearest. And for me anyway, it's the clearest and simplest stats program there is. If they're on that or they're on some kind of stats program, I can look and see already. I can get objective feedback. Okay, where are you falling down? Where are you good? And then from there, we can just make the plan, right? Well, this is the area. This is where you want to get to. 
this is why Game Forge is so good. I don't know. Uh, don't know. Used Game Game Forge as well. I think he, he said to you on this chat with you. Um, but where you're doing well, where you're not doing well, right? Okay, if you want to get to this level, this is why Game Forge is so good. This is they they've data right there, right? This is what someone at that level is doing on, you know, greens and regulation inside twenty feet, for example. Do you know what I mean? If you're you've only got two per round, you're looking to play in the PGA Tour, for example, yeah, you're looking six or seven. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not saying you've got to, don't quote me on those numbers, but I'm using those as examples. But um, so that is objective feedback, right? You need to get from there to there. So this is how we're going to improve your approach play from, it might be from 120 to 200 yards. It might be something technical. It might be a strategy base. Do you know what I mean? But it's getting deep into, right, what exactly are the areas where we need to focus on? So we need to spend more time on that. And yeah, you might not look how your golf swing, you might not like, sorry, how your golf swing looks with the driver, but you're not dropping any shots at all off the tee. So do we need to change it? So it's getting a full view of exactly what's going on. And then if I have a full view of what's going on, if I understand the person who I'm working with, and that takes time, obviously. You know, you're not going to understand the person after one session, but if I get to know the person and spend time with that person and I under, and I know the full picture of what's going on with their game, then that puts me in a position, right, okay, this is what that gives me the confidence to help them. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I would say when you have your little black book per person or, or whatever to keep track yeah, of everything. Exactly. Yeah, I write a lot of stuff down, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you do. And it's something like I've I've notes in this phone, mm-hmm. but like to find the note I want, you know, it's really handy. And if I'm specifically looking for it, but there's something yeah. about words on paper, which between writing it out physically and then reading it back, whether it be yeah. the next time I'm at the range, there's something powerful in that. I think it might be game yeah, right stuff, but, but it's definitely powerful. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You mightn't be, but what book you're reading right now? I've literally just finished the uh, Matthew McConaughey's book. So it's, uh, <laughs> I, I listened to it. I'm four, I'm four hours in. I'm four four hours, hours in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy good, isn't it? Very good. Very good. Yeah, really good. So I literally just finished that. And uh, I'm going to start. I have a book called It Takes What It Takes by there's a sports psychologist called Trevor Mowat. He's an American guy. He works with the. What do you, I'm not big into the NFL, but Russell Wilson is it one of the American footballers. So he's one of the best American footballers, I think. Um, he works with him, so he's very, very good. So I've just got his book there. I'm going to start it today. So that's what I'm going to. I find your book right. Seeing as you're into like mm-hmm. cross cross sport performance books, I read mm-hmm. this because uh, my wife's nephew is big into basketball and is is getting right. to a level where like he's 15 years of age. He's six foot six. They build them big and carry, right. you know. They build them big and carry. Um, <laughs> I like it. So, so I, I'm reading into a bit around performance, and this one was on um, basketball called Network. Be right up your street. Right. Network by um, by uh, where is it? By Rob McLanigan. So a great mm-hmm. name. Great Irish name. Good, is it? Network, yeah, really, really good. But yeah, that guy coached Kevin Durant, yeah. Steph Curry, you know. But yeah, oh, yes. sex really cool. serious one. There you go. Right. There, you got you got something out of talking to me, maybe. You know, <laughs> uh, Chris, we'll fire into the the, the quick fire. Um, 
So maybe maybe it's this on behalf of Johnny Foster, maybe not. But Chris Gallagher, what is your walk-on song? What's my walk-on song? Um, Feeling good by Michael Bublé. Do I need to find a remix version or like? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites. Um, songs, Jim uh, or pizza? I would love to say gym, Pally, but I'm going to be honest. It's probably pizza. I don't go to the gym as much as I should. So <laughs> maybe in 2021 it'll be different. But there you go. No fear. Hat, visor, or a Keelan Rafferty bucket hat? Um, hat. Happy Gilmore or Tink Up? Happy Gilmore. Walk or cart? Walk. All day long. Walk. Win the Masters or win the Open? Win the Open. Instagram or win Twitter? The... Um, Instagram. Play or practice? Play. You've got to play. Definitely. Done too much practicing but, um, as a young kid. No. Play the game. And then this is a bonus question. I don't know if you've listened to recent episodes. You might you mightn't be prepared for this one. So let's just say you're you're out the raid. You're finished for the day with the juniors, and everybody has their program, their plan, and you're going home. You're going home for a dinner. And you can have six people at the dinner. Who are they? Alive or dead? Alive, dead, golfer, celebrity. Okay. Anyway. This one I take a while. Six people, including me, or six other people? You're at the head of the table. You have three down each side. Right, okay. Six people. Number one, Tiger Woods. Number two, Jose Mourinho. Number three, Ryan Holiday. Good one. Uh, Number four. Uh, who else would I put? So who have we got so far? Tiger. Marino, Ryan Holiday. Marino. Ryan Holiday. Um, I'll put one more golfer in there. I'll have, yeah, I would put Ben Hogan. Or no, no, take Ben Hogan away. Put Savvy in there. Or rather than Savvy. And I put two more there. Two to go. Great four so far. Yeah. Uh, this this one might sound a bit strange, but I've always, he's always been my hero in football, Michael Owen. And then I'll put in someone for a bit of comedy, Kevin Bridges. That's a great table. Chris Gallagher, thank you very much for your time. And lockdown and protocol allowing, I look forward to popping up and maybe doing something in yes. person. Yes, welcome anytime, Paddy. Welcome anytime. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Be good. No problem. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Chris Gallagher as much as I did. And hopefully maybe we can all take a trip up there post-lockdown. Maybe sort of like a Paddy Talks itinerary, go up there, do a bit of a golf clinic. Anything's possible. Um, but of course, safely and soundly and protocol-friendly and all that lovely jazz. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have done, please do consider leaving a review. Uh, we have an absolute banger of an episode coming next week with a person, a man, I have been idolising with years. Um... It's Peter Finch, golfer and YouTuber extraordinaire. So uh, do stick around and press play on that one next Thursday. 
it goes live. And speaking of things going live, we're working away in the background here on a new website. So they were hoping to release that on March 1st with some hat visors and bucket hats uh, for you folks to, well, buy, hopefully. Uh, so if that's of interest, uh, check that out. Uh, you can join the timesheet now so you won't miss the updates and stuff. There won't be one going out. I don't really send timesheet updates. I might send one quarterly when something of value is going to happen. Um, but yeah, there's going to be a members area on the website for like extra content and stuff that will be very free to join. Uh, I'm excited about it. I hope you're excited about it. If you want to learn like the progress of how that's coming along, just follow me on at Paddy Talks Golf on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube. I live in all those places these days. Um, no work is getting done. Just what I like doing. The hobby stuff. This stuff. The hobby stuff. Thank you all for pressing play. I won't ramble anymore. Um, thank you all for listening. Please share the show with your family and friends in those WhatsApp groups, in those Facebook messengers. Tell one person. And let them know that there's this dodgy little podcast all around Irish Golf and the people within it and around it. Um, so yeah, I'll stop talking now. Uh, talk to you next week. Until we teed up again soon, I'm Paddy. Paddy.